may have your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter 50. Uh, in Sunday school, we were in the book of Jeremiah. We'll be in the book of Jeremiah for quite a while because it's 50 chapters, 51 chapters in the book. And we're in just chapter 25, so we're going to be there for a while. But it's a lot of good stuff in the book of Jeremiah. If you study the Bible and you read the Bible, you'll understand what Jeremiah is telling the people of God. The same message that Jeremiah was telling the people of God then, preachers need to be telling the people today the same exact message. You need to get right with God before it's too late. If you don't, you're going to be in some trouble. And I find that's where we're living at today. I find that's what we're looking at today. We're in trouble today because we're not listening to what God said. And we've got problems with that. Jeremiah chapter 50, let us stand. I'm going to read a couple of verses. But we'll just what the Lord lays on our heart. Jeremiah 15, verse number 33. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, The children of Israel and the children of Judah were oppressed together. And all that took them captives held them fast. They refused to let them go. Now, I love verse 34. Their Redeemer is strong. The Lord of hosts is His name. He shall thoroughly plead their cause that He may give rest to the land and disquiet the inhabitants of Babylon. Let us pray. Father, we just thank You this, for this day. We thank You for each one that's here. Lord, we just ask to open our hearts and open our minds to receive the words that You have been grafted into us, Lord, that we may apply it to our lives. Father, we'll just thank and praise for all that you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Jeremiah had been preaching and crying to the people of God to repent of their ways and repent of their sins, to get right with God. And he'd done it for 40 years. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. If you preached for 40 years and nobody listened to you, you would start crying too. He preached to get right with God. He preached everything that God told him. Is it, is it, it was as if the people that he preached to and told them what God said, they'd done exactly the opposite of what the Lord said. They would run away from the advice that God was trying to give them, that Jeremiah was trying to preach to them. They would not get right with God. He said, if you don't get right, if you don't repent of your sins, and I'll tell you the same thing today, if you don't get right, if you don't repent of your sins, they're going to wind up and you will wind up in captivity today. And that is exactly what happens to the nation of Israel. There, there are people that think that they can do what they want to do, Live any way they want to live, contrary to what the Word of God may say, they have absolutely no consequences in their life. They know what the Word of God has said, but they do the exact opposite of what God says. They're going to pay a price one day. You and I will pay a price one day when we neglect the Word of God and resist the Word of God and the heeding of God. We're going to pay the price. 
We always think it's that other person that's going to pay the price. It's that other person that's going to fail. That other person is going to face that trial. It never will happen to me. I can live and do what I want to do, and there is absolutely no consequences to my action whatsoever. Wrong. That, that's what the text is about. The, they're being oppressed. They were taken captive. And any time you are taken captive, you're going to lose some things. You're going to lose something. And Psalms 137 is said by the rivers of Babylon, there that we sit, yea, we wept, and, and we remember Zion. They remember how it was. They remember where it came from. They said they hung the harps in the trees. For they had carried us away in captivity. And then they said the captives came and required of us to sing of a song of Zion. They said, how can we sing a song in captivity? We're in a strange land. Captivity will make you lose your song. Captivity will make you lose your joy this morning. You're no longer walking with your heads held high. You're walking with your heads low and hung down. No longer that. It, captivity will rob you of some things. We, we live in America today and we say, well, we'll never be in captivity. We're not under the boot of some other oppressed nation. Now, there are those that think we are in captivity today, but I'm just saying we're not in captivity but I, I, I fear that we're in spiritual captivity today in America. Another country would not even think about coming up against us because every redneck is toting. They're carrying all kinds of ammunition. they got all kinds of guns. They would run out to the shoreline and say, Come on, buddy, meet us halfway. But we are living in a nation of spiritual captivity today. It's not, it's not physical captivity. It's not, it's not uh, that somebody's oppressing us. Paul lived most his life in prison. He lived in physical captivity. He could not go and do the things he wanted to do. But yet, while he was in captivity... He writes things like this. Rejoice in the Lord. Always rejoice in the Lord. Paul, how can you say rejoice in the Lord? Always rejoice in the Lord. And you're in captivity. You are chained to another. He said, in everything gives thanks. How, how can you be thankful in where your situation is, Paul? Paul may, is locked up in jail. Paul, Paul has not lost his song. Paul has not lost the word of God. Those things were locked up into his heart. They couldn't get to his heart. He had not lost his zeal. You can be locked up in captivity. But if Jesus is with you, you got the joy. You got the peace. You're still a free man if Jesus is with you. Over the years, people have been locked up 
for their belief, for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But yet they still had their song, yet they still had their joy, and they gladly went to the stake to be burnt. They gladly went to the execution block to be beheaded. They gladly, because there was something down inside of them that knew that they were free, even though they was in bondage and captivity. We look at the church world today and and I'm afraid there are a lot of Christians in this world and in churches that are in captivity. You say, well, I'm saved and on my way to heaven. How is it possible for a saved person to be in captivity? God's people in captivity to sin. We're living in a sin-sick society today. And that society has found its way into the church. They have forgot holiness. They have forgotten righteousness. They have forgotten that we uh, uh, we called to be separated. Darkness of this world has creeped into the dark pulpits of America's churches today, and we're in bondage to sin. We're in bondage to the things of this world to the devices of this world. And the devil has us right where he wants us. Everybody knows this slogan, don't leave home without it. Amen, y'all remember that slogan? It's American Express, if you don't know. If you're not old enough, it's American Express. We've got a slogan in the church world today. Don't leave home without it. Don't, don't leave home without it. I mean, there, there are people. <laughs> there are people, if they don't have this device in their hand, they are in captivity. They will run around the house. They'll go everywhere they can to find this. I've got to have my phone. I can't live without my phone. And we find it like this. There. I'm going to tell on her. <laughs> you can take a watch and hook it to your phone that if you lose your phone, you can hit it on your watch and go, and you'll be able to track where your phone is. Most people. I'm just going to have to say, she might kill me later on, but I don't care. We were in the house the other day, and I heard, help me find my phone. She's in the bedroom. I'm in the living room. I go in the bedroom. Help me find my phone. It was in her back pocket. We're so enslaved to this device. I'm just saying, if you take take your device from your child and say, hey, you can't have it for 24 hours, they will rebel against you. They will come at you. They don't, you ain't taking my phone. I watched a video the other day. In school down in Florida, this kid had his Nintendo game. And he was playing it in school during class time. 
The teacher took it and started walking down the hallway to take it to the principal office. And this guy, now she was like five one and a half, and this guy was like six six, two hundred fifty pounds, big guy. And she's a little bitty thing. And he runs after her. And he catches her right in the hallway and beat her senseless to the fact he did knocked her head down on the ground and was banging her head. And, and finally, when she was no longer moving, other people decided to come in and try to pull him away. And while they was pulling away, he was still kicking her because of this. We're enslaved to this. You say Christian people be in captivity? Yes. And the only reason why I brought this thing today is to make this point, to give you this point. Because I don't bring mine to church. I prefer not to be around. In fact, I broke my screen the other day. I got so mad I couldn't answer. I threw it down on the ground. <laughs> We're enslaved to the phones. I'm, I'm just telling you if, you, if you want your husband to rebel against your wife, take his game boards from him. God help us. God help us. The home would be wrecked then. We see the things where we're, we're enslaved to the devices of this world. And, and we, we say, hey, that's, that's Christian people. We're enslaved to ourselves. We're in captivity to ourselves. It's all about me. Me, it's all about what I want, how I feel, how I do things. It's not about anybody else. And we do not care who we hurt because it's all about me. You want to know why we have such an such a addiction of drugs in this world? Because it's about me. I want to feel good. I, I, want, to feel, I want to feel happy. And I do not care who I hurt in order for me to feel good. Homes are being broken up. Marriages are being broken up. Kids are being replaced into another home. Because we don't care about nobody but ourselves today. We're in captivity to ourselves. Amen. Get mad at me. I don't care. Fire me. Amen. We're, we're in captivity to sorrow. Every one of us has gone through something in our lives. We, we've gone through some heartaches. We've gone through some trials. And, and we just get captivity to that sorrow that we just don't want to let go of it. We in captivity to family. Well, I, I would come to church, but my family don't like it. Well, I'd go to church, but I don't want to go to church with my family. We're in captivity of it. This is church world. Christians who are living in captivity. How can you be free? And you're sitting here thinking, well, I'm, I'm free. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm saved. But yet you're living that life of captivity. You don't have the joy that you need to have as you walk as a child of God. You don't have that peace in your life as a child of God. Because you're living in captivity today. 
He said, how in the world can a Christian live in captivity? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. Get this in your heart and get this in your mind. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God preventure will give them repentance to acknowledge of the truth. And they may recover themselves out of the snares of the devil who were taken, what? Captive. By himself at his will. We're living in a spiritual captivity today. And can I say the devil does not want to kill you. He wants to take you alive. That way he has control over you. He wants to ruin your life. He wants to put you in bondage and make your life miserable. And then what he does, he goes before God and says, look what I did to one of yours. That's what we talked about in Job. Curse God and die. He boasts before God on how he destroyed your life because you let him in. You let him get in there. You let him come inside your life. And, and as long as you are submitting yourself to the devil and the devil's ways, you say, well, I'm not submitting myself to the devil, but you're in captivity. And all of us are living in some sort of captivity in our life. Everyone sitting here is living in some sort of uh, captivity. I don't know what the devil is using on you. I don't know what the devil is trying to bring into your life to bring you in captivity. But I do know this. There is a remedy for your captivity. There is a way out of your captivity. And the Bible clearly says in 2 Timothy, through repentance and acknowledging the truth of God. Let me say this and get this in your hearts. You can never have true freedom until you pent and knowledge the truth of God. You, you can say until, uh, until all those things you do, until you repent, you're going to remain in captivity. If you can't admit that you have a problem, you can never get help for your problem. You must admit that you have a problem. We, we, we know this, and the first thing that you can help an alcoholic is admit that they are an alcoholic. And then the healing can begin. A, a drug addict, the first thing they need to admit today, I, I am a drug addict. And then the healing begins. Christians, can I tell you that this morning, you need to admit that you have a problem somewhere in your life and you need to admit it to God and then the healing can begin. That's what Jeremiah is doing. He's telling the people of Israel, Judah, you've got problems. You've got some issues you need to take care of. And I'm, I'm telling you the same thing this morning. We've got problems. 
We've got some issues that we need to take care of as individuals and as a church that we need to take care of. But, back in verse 34, I love it. Their Redeemer is strong. Their Redeemer is strong. Look at it. They had in verse 33, uh, there was a holding of the people in verse 33. They took them captive and they held them fast. We see this picture that captives have them in chains. And they were bound by their hands. They held them fast. They're not going to get away. You better be careful of what change you allow to come into your life to get you feathered up in bondage. Because there are some changes that you get in your life that you cannot break them. You cannot overcome them. And some of the changes that we have put on our lives today is from our own making. You're sitting here this morning and, and wondering why the devil has a hold of you. Wondering why the devil is keep coming at you. And you, try, you keep trying to break free. You try to bind, get his bondage off of you. Only to realize that the devil has you in change. And because of the devil has you in change, it's because of the things that you put into your own life. And he's got you where he can, you cannot break those chains. That's where these people, they could not break the chains of bondage. And the devil knows that some of the changes that we put on our life is the ones that we make our own selves. And the devil just uses that to grab a hold of you and bind you that you cannot be free from him. There are some chains in your life. There's sin that you need to stay away from. Do not let it have one part of your life. The old time preachers used to preach this fact. They'll tell you, do not let liquor touch your lips. Because they realize once that first drop touched your lips, you were a goner. You were through and you let it come into your life. They preached dead against alcohol. See, now we we become a social drinkers. We'll social drink. It's all right. It's, it's not bad. I mean, I, I, know, I know some denominations. Well, you can drink two or three beers. I was in the military. When I was in the military, at lunchtime, you were not allowed to drink, be drunk. Well, so let's say you're allowed to drink, but you couldn't be drunk. You were allowed three beers at lunchtime. They didn't, sell them at, they didn't sell them at the mess hall. You had to go to the snack stand. Instead of the mess hall, everybody ran to the snack stand. Why? Because they want their three beers. And they had them in bondage. It had them in chains. I'm telling you, you got young kids running around this world today, six, seven, eight years old, that are alcoholics. Because they let that first drop touch their lips and they cannot break that. You cannot break that. But my Redeemer is strong. 
it, it would be, it would behoove you to not let anything come into your life that's contrary to what thus said the Lord. <laughs> Look at the world we live in, the society we live in today. Be careful what you allow to come into your life because it will put you in snares. It will bondage you up. It will chain you down. And you cannot break it. Can I say even in the natural things can become bondage to us? Those things that we take naturally can also bound us. We see the denial here in verse 33. They refuse to let them go. Once Satan gets a hold of you, he don't want to leave, let you go. He, he never wants to let you go. He, he likes to have that possession of you. You're his possession. Listen to me. If the devil can get your mind and what you think, if the devil can get your eyes and what you see, if the devil can get your mouth and what you say, if the devil can get your hands and what you touch, if the devil can get your feet where you go, if the devil can get your money and what you paid for, then the devil has you. Now, you're talking about being possessed. If the devil's got that on you, trust me, you belong to him. You're a possession of his. You have no control of it. You've you seen these possessions on TV. Huh? You know, anybody with the Amityville Horror and what's that other one with the girl turning her head around and around spewed all the kind of stuff out? See, that, that's the kind of possessions that we think about as Christians. You know, they're flopping on the ground. all no. That's the kind of possessions that we think. When we say you're being possessed by the devil, no. The devil is subtle. He, he creeps into your mind Gets you thinking about something you shouldn't be thinking about. Yep. Talking about somebody you shouldn't be talking about. That's possession. And when you're like that, when you're in that place, the devil says, I've got them and they're mine. They're control Can I tell you, the devil does not mind if you come to church. He doesn't care. Because he knows he got you. Oh, you can go and listen to that preaching, but don't get too excited about it. Oh, you can go listen to them sing those songs about Zion, but don't get too happy about it. Now, you don't, I don't want you to raise your hand and say amen, praise God, but you can sit in church and give that appearance that you are a child of God. I'd ask how many we have like that today, but I don't want everybody to raise their hand. I'm just being honest with y'all today. We got problems. And it's not the world, it's in the church. Amen. And if we, can, if we want to help the, listen, if we want to help the world, then we got to get what's going on here correct. We got to get where we need to be at in order to help them to get where they need to be at. Amen. 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 <clears throat> but their Redeemer was strong. Amen. Amen. 
I, I love to see some people just get up and get control, get out of control and shout and praise God. Why? Because they, they've been loosened from the chains, the bondage that the devil had in them, and they broke free. He here saying, hey, I used to be bound up. I used to have change on me. I was living in sin on my way to hell, but someday I went to an altar and Jesus came down and touched me and broke my chains, and now I am free. Amen. Maybe some of y'all still sitting in here in captivity. Need to be broken down. Get where God can use you. <laughs> Moses was sent to Egypt to get the people out of Egypt. Moses went to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, Let he, Moses said, Let my people go. You know what Pharaoh said? Well, they can go out there a little ways. <laughs> they, they can go out there and do their sacrifice and, and, and do all their joy out there, but when it's over, they're coming back. Devil's same way with you. If you're in bondage to him, devil says, you go on to church and have a good time. You shout, do whatever you want to do, but you know what? You're coming back. Why? Because you belong to him. You've not been broken free of him. He has control of you. Amen. Amen. Get excited one way or another. If you don't, I'll be right here all day. I mean, can I say this? If you say you're changed, you're born again, does the world see you as different? Does the world see, I mean, are you going to work and you standing beside the water cooler telling those dirty jokes and laughing at their dirty jokes and you say you're a Christian? Amen, come on now, don't, don't, don't hurt it. People being possessed by the devil. The devil has been taking Christians captive in their sins. Anything different about you? If you were just popping up in the church to have fun and leave and go right back to the devil, then you're not born again. You're not broken free. A lot of Christians use Jesus as nothing but a spare tire. The, what I call the brill cream Christian, a little dab do you. <laughs> Making you feel good and being here. But can I say this? God sees through your facade. God sees right to your heart. God knows what you're thinking. You're sitting right here, right, right here, right now. God knows exactly what you're thinking right now. And some of you are saying, I wish he would shut up so we can go to lunch. Just for that, we're not. You, you may dress up right. You may carry the right kind of Bible. You may say the right kind of things. But God knows your heart. You know, the devil will make you think he's treat, you're treating you pretty good. Anybody ever heard of Stockholm Syndrome? 
you know what that is. In Sweden, Stockholm, there were some captives in a bank, and they were being held captive. And the people that was robbing them had them as hostage, wouldn't let them go. And they kept talking to them, talking to them. The next thing you know, the hostage starts saying, you know what, these guys ain't that bad. They're pretty good. They're friendly. They're talking to us. They're courteous. They're talking to us. And then when finally after hours and hours and hours of uh, uh, talking with them, they finally let them go and they took them into jail, but not near one of the hostages would testify against them. None of them. They would not say anything bad about them because it made them feel good by them talking to them. The devil's the same way. He's got you all bound up, hemmed up. You think you got going on good. He said, well, you know, everything's all right. Everything's good. Everybody likes you. Just don't say anything about that, and they'll like you more. Don't tell them you went to church on Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday. Don't tell them that. Just tell them you go to church. And we, don't, we start thinking, well, the devil ain't that bad. The devil ain't that bad. I mean, I, I've had it good. The devil's on my side, so I've got it good. So the devil ain't that bad. Can I say the devil hasn't showed you the end result of being with him? There is a re end result. And, and the end result was like the people of Israel. They were in captivity. <laughs> I read this story, and I've told y'all, I think I've told y'all before, this woman had a pet bowler constrictor, and a real big one. It was like eight feet long. She called the 911 said, help, I'm being eaten by a snake. They run out there and get in the house, and there was this bowl constrictor. Then got up to her elbow, and a big old thing, an old eight foot long, he was just chonking, chonking, trying to get to her. They said, ma'am, the way the teeth in that snake is, it comes like this. We can't pull it off because it's just rip your arm to pieces. We've got to kill this snake. Oh, this is my pet. I love my snake. Ma'am, if you want to survive, we've got to kill this snake. No, I love my snake. Does that sound like some of y'all about sin? You can't take it from me. I love my sin. I like what I'm doing. I'm not hurting nobody but myself. Wrong answer. When you live in sin, it hurts everyone that is around you. Everyone that sits around you, everyone in your household, everyone in your family, it hurts them too. Don't take my snake. Don't take my sin, Lord. I love my sin. I love what I'm doing. Don't take my sin. You cannot be free until you admit you have a problem. But in verse 34, if you are in captivity, 
if you are living in sin, the Redeemer is strong. He told us that they held them fast. They would not let them go. They refused to let them go. But God of glory steps in. And in verse 34, it tells us, Their Redeemer is strong. I have good news for you today. Ain't you glad that the story doesn't end in verse 33? Ain't you glad the story doesn't end in captivity? Ain't you glad that you don't have to stay bound up and change? Praise God. The devil is no match for the Redeemer. The devil's no good to the Lord. I'm glad this morning the Redeemer is stronger. The Deliverer is stronger. And he's able to break the changes. He's able to break you out of the bondage that you've gotten yourself into. He's able to walk right into your prison cell and set you free. He's brought you out, bringing you out of that darkness and puts you in the light. Amen. This is what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering a sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised. He said, I've come to set my people free. I have come to break chains. But it's only in Jesus' name this morning that you can break those chains. You can't break your chains yourself. You can't fix yourself. Religion is not the answer. Praise God. Jesus is. Turning over a new leaf is not the answer. Getting in a relationship with Jesus is the answer. How does he do it? Look at the strength of the Redeemer. Their Redeemer is strong. I don't serve a weak Jesus. My Jesus is not the same one they portray on TV as being some weak thing, afraid of things. Jesus is called the Christ man. My Jesus is one that was taken and beaten at the hall of justice and he was slapped and hair plucked out. They spit upon him, they mocked him, they cursed him, and they took him, they drug a cross up top the hill of Calvary, and they nailed him to that. That's my Jesus. Then he gave up the ghost and put him in a grave. That's my King Jesus. That's the mighty Jesus. And on the third day, he rose up out of that grave. He's not a weak Jesus. He's not some weakling. He is the almighty God. He's a strong Jesus. There is not a chain that the devil has that Jesus cannot break in your life this morning. He's made you free this morning. Religion didn't set you free. Baptists didn't set you free. I can't bring you out. I can't heal a broken heart. I can't break the chains of bondage. Oh, praise God, but I know a man that can. 
You have to call on him. I'm in bondage. I'm in sin. I need some help. I can't get out myself. I've tried to break the changes myself. I tried to dig myself out of the hole. And all I've done was got deeper and deeper. But I'm going to come to the altar. And I'm going to call on the name of Jesus. Break these bondage. Because he is the rose of Sharon. He is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the everlasting Lord. He's the Alpha and Omega. He is, praise God, He is strong enough to get you out of your sins. Praise God. Glory. Glory. What a day. See the signature of the Redeemer. Their Redeemer is strong. The Lord of hosts is His name. In order to redeem a captive, somebody had to sign for them. Somebody had to put their name on the dotted line. When my Redeemer signed his name, there is no argument about who he is. He's the Lord of hosts. What does that mean? He is Lord over all things. <laughs> we talked about it this morning. <laughs> the devil takes him up top of the mountain and says, All this could be yours. Hey, dude, I created all this. Who <laughs> are you going to try to give me something I made? He hung the sun, the moon, and the stars. Praise God. His signature is on everything. You go outside and you look around in this world and you can see the signature of Jesus Christ on everything. I see Jesus Christ's signature in here on every one of us sitting here because God created you. He created you. And He signed for you to break the chains, the bondage. His name is on that. The support of the Redeemer. The reason they are in captivity is their own fault. The reason why we get in captivity is because of our own fault. Because they wouldn't listen, we don't listen. The Redeemer is strong, the Lord of hosts is name. He shall thoroughly plead their case. That means inside, outside, up top, bottom, inside, everywhere it was. In other words, what he's saying is, I know your fault. I know your sin. But I'm the only one that can defend you. I'm the only one that can help you. The Bible says the enemy in sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We have someone today that will plead your case. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. But we have somebody that will plead our case to the Father. Oh, I know, I know he ain't right. I, I know he's no good. But I shed my blood for him. I, I died on the cross for him. He did it for you too. But you got to come to be broken from those chains, 
those bondage of sin, or whatever the devil has bound you up with, no matter what it is in your life, you say, well, I, I'm a Christian. Yeah, but you're not living the Christian life to the fulfillment that you need to live it to. The reason why is not because you're bound up with something in your life that you need to get rid of this morning.